What are the roles that we have been taught we are supposed to play when it comes to sex um, based on the sex that we were assigned at birth? What are some ways that we can start pulling apart some of those societal messages so that we all get the opportunity to choose the most authentic way to have sex that feels good for us? Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma, and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all? (laughs) But when it comes to sex, we're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world. Or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey. How how do do you do you? Hello. Hello. The only, I have like, dun, 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 stuck in my head. So I wanted to introduce the episode with that. You ready for this? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Happy Honey Do Me Day to you. Every day is a Honey Do Me Day. If you do it right. If you do it right. D-E-W. How are you? I am good. Yeah? Yeah, I think I'm good. I think so. I think, yeah. You look yeah. happy. Thank you. I went to the gym today, so I think did I've you go got to our gym? Natural endorphins. I was gonna ask. No. Oh, I oh, did it. You go to a gym? I go to a gym now. Oh, do you go with your partner? My honey. Yeah, honey. <laughs> I do. Oh. Yeah. So it's been really fun. I am not. I've talked about it a number of times. I'm not athletic, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't enjoy physical activity. Uh huh. I like sex, but um, <laughs> I I like walks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like walks. You could get me to go on a walk. I'm, I, I'm just difficult to. I don't like to stick to things because then I get overwhelmed, and I usually make myself this like ten point plan of like you're going to work out every day for eight hours, and then right, and it's like it never works. Or I have some stupid goal, mm-hmm. but this time I don't, and it feels really good. And good. I had a lot of fun. I was confident enough to lift weights by myself this time, so my partner was doing his own thing, and I was doing my own thing. So that was fun. I've made good friends with the gym manager, so he mm-hmm. talked to me for a while. I was the only person he talked to. <laughs> um, yeah, we're good buddies. Good, so good, good, good. Feeling safe, feeling endorphined. <laughs> um, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm fine. I'm uh, settling into my new job, but I don't have any... I'm having a hard time feeling good <laughs> at the end of the night. Uh, elaborate. <laughs> well, because I usually stuck to like a pretty good masturbation routine. Mm-hmm. And that was just what settled me in. A good breakfast, lunch, <laughs> dinner routine. Yeah, yeah, you need it. But I've either been tired and or I am codependent with my dog. Mm. <laughs> and he sleeps in my bed yeah. under my covers. So, so that's very close. I'm not going to like masturbate with my dog in the bed that's way too close <laughs> and then we're already like half asleep so i'm not gonna kick him out so i can masturbate. right or where are you gonna go to sit in your closet by yourself <laughs> like i can't do any of that it's just so it's really inconvenient you're either gonna degrade yourself or your dog and neither of those are an option i know exactly so sometimes it's like harder to feel sexy mm-hmm. <laughs> in my daily routine absolutely mm-hmm. we are working with a really fun new brand though that has helped both of us i mm-hmm. think feel a little sexier yeah. bring a little spice to our lives so we are working with aurelia and they have curated subscription lingerie boxes designed just for you baby literally mm-hmm. all your measurements your style what colors you like what kinds of like items you're interested in mm-hmm. it's so specific and oh my god they do such a good job they're so cute and it's just so convenient that it can come right to your door Mm -hmm. because also shopping for lingerie can be really like intimidating or inconvenient because where are you gonna go victoria's secret where are you gonna go and what do you want to pick out and how do you try it on and you know Mm -hmm. so it's nice that they pick it for you because they've they gave me stuff that i wouldn't have necessarily picked for myself Mm -hmm. but i love it on me so the fact that someone's like no this is for you trust me I trust them. I trust them. I I look great. So 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. If you would like to try out 
an Aurelia box, you can get 10% off of the monthly or seasonal box when you use code DUMI, D-E-W-M-E. Try it out. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, it's just so even fucking just once. Good. If you're not like a lingerie person, I promise you, they'll have something for you that will make you feel comfy. They'll convince you. Yeah, it's great. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Um, so feeling good in our bodies, feeling... yes. Doing things that feel most authentic to us is kind of on par with what we're talking about today. Yeah. Today we are working through a lot of shoulds, a lot mm-hmm. of what should you be doing in the bathroom, a lot of <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that came out so naturally. I had no idea. I feel like I'm getting a little red because I did not even realize. That was the funniest slip I've ever heard you say. Fuck. What should you be doing in the bathroom? That's none of my fucking business. Anyways, take two. two. What you should be doing in the bedroom. Yeah. Based on the labels you're given when mm-hmm. you're born, as you grow up, just yeah. all of those things. Today, we are talking with the incredible mm-hmm. Ray McDaniel. So they are a therapist, gender coach, and just, inc- I have no words. They're mm-hmm. so incredible. So many like moments, like aha moments for me in this mm-hmm. episode when it comes to like my pleasure and figuring out, you know, what you're just placed in when you're born and how that has shaped your sex life and your pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was such a like big episode for me, I feel like. Exactly. So here's to not limiting ourselves Mm -hmm. to expanding our sexual repertoire Repertoire. and also how to feel, how to find pleasure in a body that maybe you do want to change. I think that's a really important part of this episode. So if Mm -hmm. any of those sound interesting to you, which if they don't, Get a life. Get a life. Get interested, <laughs> dum dum. Um, Keep up. Would yeah, ya? we'll see you on the other side, or in the bathroom, or in the bathroom. <laughs> Fuck me, God. If you're having a hard time thinking of anything, anything. to be grateful for this year, we've got two words for you: clean. <laughs> balls. <laughs> Manscaped is here to help you trim up your turkeys with their performance package 4.0. Inside you'll find their lawnmower, 4.0 pube trimmer, weed whacker, ear nose trimmer, ball deodorant, ball toner, plus their boxer briefs and travel bag. Would it work for my moms? <laughs> it would work for your mom. <laughs> We've said it once, we'll say it many, many more times. The lawnmower 4.0 is your best bet for top-notch grooming thanks to the skin-safe technology and LED grooming spotlight because you are the star, baby, <laughs> and you deserve to be in the spotlight. Not to mention, it cuts grooming time in half, so it's fucking precise and speedy. <laughs> Such a good hype man you are. <laughs> and if you really want to scrub down your pants potatoes, you can grab their new body wash. The sexy signature scent will help you lure in that Thanksgiving date you need so your aunt stops asking you why you're single for the third year in a row. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOOMY, D-E-W-M-E at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code DOOMY, D-E-W-M-E. Experience premium grooming with Manscaped. I'm Ray McDaniel. I'm a licensed mental health therapist in Illinois. I'm also a coach and a transgender inclusion and diversity consultant and educator. I'm also a soon-to-be author of a book coming out in June 2023. Congratulations. I'm super excited about. Thank Yay. you. So I run a group therapy practice called Practical Audacity in Chicago. I also run an online group coaching program for trans and non-binary folks called Gender Fuck the Club. That's gender FCK because we're polite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For trans and non-binary folks are people who are exploring their gender who want to do it in a community with more ease and with professional coaching support. Wow. That's incredible. So what is the book that you have coming out in 2023? So it's tentatively titled Gender Magic. We'll see if that title stays or or not, but it's taking all of the work that I've done in the past eight years and cumulative 16 years of schooling and experience working with trans and non-binary folks and putting the model that I use to work with people into a self-help book format. 
Wow. That's we amazing. love all things magic. So I yeah. think you have two votes <laughs> for, for that, that name. Excellent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. Making it accessible to so many people. Mm-hmm. Because people exactly. love a way to just read through something and know how to apply it. So from the well of knowledge, it sounds like you have putting it in a very like easy to read format for mm-hmm. people. I think that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I'm very excited about it, especially the accessibility piece. Mm-hmm. Right, I cannot personally work with everyone. Right. So being able to put it into a book format just gets the message out there so much more than I could do on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to the masses. Yeah. So we have talked a little bit about how gendering sex acts can really affect our sex life and in negative ways. So can you touch a little bit on gendering sex acts? Yeah. So as a society, we gender a lot of really silly things. Mm -hmm. So I've seen, I mean, we can all walk through Target and see all of the ridiculous things that we gender. But one really insidious thing that we gender are bodies and what we quote unquote should do when it comes to sex and relationships. Mm -hmm. So I like to help people try to deconstruct what are the the ways that gender norms have created assumptions for you about what you should do in the bedroom, how you should show up? And by breaking those down, it gives people the ability to choose, right? Not saying that we can't fall into traditional gender norms, but just that we're actively choosing them. So first of all, I see a lot of my clients getting into the weeds of the right way, quote unquote, to have sex based on what we've said the roles of men and women are, or even masculine and feminine. And we all work from these scripts that we have really been taught since before birth. Um, So things like masculine or feminine energy, for example, that's something you hear people talk about a lot. And I personally think there's no such thing, right? What are we actually talking about? Are we talking about submissive energy, dominant energy, slow, nurturing energy, fast and hard energy? Can we be more specific about that? And breaking that down further, what are the roles that we have been taught we are supposed to play when it comes to sex um, based on the sex that we were assigned at birth? So are there assumptions about who is the top? Who is the bottom? Are there assumptions about who is a penetrative partner if you're interested in penetration and who is the receiving partner? What are some ways that we can start pulling apart some of those societal messages so that we all get the opportunity to choose the most authentic way to have sex that feels good for us. That's beautiful, Mm -hmm. first of all. And second (laughs) of all, I feel like so much of what we are trying to do with this podcast in general is taking away the should and giving people more choice. So it's like, you know, we've all been taught what we should be doing, just like you were Mm -hmm. saying. And then once we're able to like learn all of the options and that there really is no should mm-hmm. in sex it is so freeing and it's mm-hmm. like oh my god now i can actually understand what brings me pleasure versus what i thought should bring me pleasure right well that was kind of exactly what i was going to go off of too it's like it sounds like this is another root of a lot of our problems when it's mm-hmm. not knowing what to do in the bedroom or thinking like oh well i'm waiting for him to do it or he's waiting for her to do it or something like that and it's like but we're gendering things that put on these assumptions and then we're not getting the sex or the relationship that we want because we're waiting for our other partner to do it or to ask or whatever. So it's, it's putting all of these roles and this pressure on other people or ourselves and it's just making everything more complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we really box ourselves in and cut yes. off imagination. And even to the point of what body parts are supposed to do what things. Mm-hmm. Totally. Right? Um, and being able to engage with even our body parts in different ways and in more curious ways. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always talking about bringing more novelty into the bedroom for long-term relationships. And we hear, you know, flowers and music and maybe put on a blindfold. And those are great ideas if that floats your boat. But also I've seen what is much more powerful 
is just this curiosity about how can we use our bodies in different ways? How can we show up in unexpected ways just by slowing down and, and getting really curious about what brings us pleasure? Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. And we start to think of it as like, you know, the one way I've been using this body part is because some creepy old white <laughs> cis man told me that's the only way I can do it. It's like, ew, I don't want him in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't no. want you telling me what to do with right. my parts. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have any examples of ways that we can start exploring our bodies in the ungendered way? Like how can we really start playing around, literally playing around (laughs) and exploring? Well, I'll give you an example from my work. Mm -hmm. So I work with a lot of trans folks, obviously, and in working with transgender women, I often find that there are a lot of deconstructing that we need to do together. So for example, a transgender woman who isn't interested in using, and I'm going to use this language, this language might not feel good for everybody listening out there, but a transgender woman who doesn't want to use her penis in a penetrative way. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't feel good for her, but she's still interested in penetrating a partner, right? Or, experiencing pleasure with her body as is. So what I might share is getting curious about ways that you or your partner can touch that area of your body that are not the typical script. So we think when we think of a a phallus or a penis, we think of a a stroking motion, right? Mm -hmm. Often. And that is not the only way that you can touch that body part. That's not the only way that that body part receives pleasure. And so playing with, can I touch this body part in a softer way, in a way that focuses on a different area of it? Does this body part have to be the focus of orgasm, which it doesn't? Um, You don't even need to engage that body part to have an orgasm. Um, Are there... If you're interested in penetrating a partner, but you don't want to use the the body part that you have, there are lots of strap-ons that include space for a penis that you can use in different ways or a thigh strap or just different ways that you can play with adaptive devices, prosthetics, sex toys, where you can do whatever sex act that you're wanting to in a new way that feels more more affirming to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like you would definitely need guidance and support to feel encouraged to try those things. And a lot of people wouldn't assume that they can try exploring like how to use their body parts in a different way. So the fact that we can talk about it and be like, no, there's there's toys out there to help you. There's books to read. There's people to talk to that will show you, maybe not show you, but tell you how we can. Some of them will show you. Some yeah. of them will show the good you. Ones. <laughs> how to start exploring your body that feels most pleasurable and most affirming to you. And so these are just like amazing resources for people out there. I'm wondering if we really love examples and specifics. Okay. That's our big thing. Let's so I am wondering um, if you, in your opinion, what are some of the most gendered sex acts and maybe some ways to start de-gendering them? Yeah, because the only thing I could think of is butt stuff, you know, and if you're with a male partner and they aren't comfortable doing butt stuff, like, but it's like, oh, but I think I can show you how it could be great, you know, but they're just uncomfortable with that aspect. Yeah. How do we start exploring? Yeah, I think butt stuff is a great example because that is such a strange thing that we gender, right? We all have butts. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. We do. Mm-hmm. It's not a gendered thing. Um, but some people have prostates and some people don't. Mm-hmm. And for the people who do have prostates, that is such a spot of pleasure, right? That is analogous to what we call the G spot. And so by gendering that, you're missing out on so much pleasure. So if you have a partner who's like, "Eh, I don't know, first of all, if it's really a no, obviously we're not going to go there. Mm -hmm. But if they're like, "Mm, I'm curious, but I don't quite know how to start or I'm nervous about it, then I might start just really small. 
I always like to tell people to work from what I call spaghetti wall mode, which is when you're <laughs> cooking a, a pot of spaghetti, you're when you're seeing if it's done, you like pick up those spaghetti, you mm-hmm. throw it at the wall. If it doesn't stick, you haven't failed, right? You're not a terrible cook. Nothing's wrong. Right. It just didn't stick. And you have to cook the spaghetti more. And if it does stick, great, cool. You know it's done. That's good information. Mm-hmm. So when we apply that to sex, we can bring that attitude of experimenting and play and even humor. And when we're exploring new things like butt stuff, for example, it's not always going to go smoothly. You might not like everything <laughs> that you try. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you failed at it. It just means that, hey, maybe you need a different type of stimulation. Maybe you need a, um, a smaller stimulation, right? Instead mm-hmm. of going for the gold, maybe we just start with a finger <laughs> and go really gently. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we focus more on massaging the area versus what we think of as a typical like penetration type of anal sex. Um, So that would be one example. I'm trying to think of some of the other really gendered things. I mentioned energy earlier. Mm -hmm. I hear that a lot. Uh, And for cisgender folks and transgender folks a lot, there is a like. There are assumptions about if you identify on the feminine side of the spectrum, it means that you are more submissive or you are the bottom in the relationship. And same on a more masculine, right? It's expected that maybe you're the initiator or that Mm -hmm. you're a top or that you are a penetrative partner. And that is a place that I always like to invite people to play. And if a role is something that you haven't played with before and it feels silly, like maybe you don't really know how to be a top or be Mm -hmm. dominant, The great thing about sex is that we have role plays and you can step into a role play with a partner saying, I'm going to try being dominant as someone who isn't usually dominant in this relationship. And maybe we can be silly. Maybe we can even make a joke out of it Mm -hmm. and we can laugh together. And if we fall off the bed, that's fine. (laughs) We'll just get back on it. Um, And also acknowledging it to embrace the awkward you're not always going to step into that role and be, you know, uh, international Mr. Leather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's okay to, to take your time and learn what that means for you. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of people that are falling into these traditional roles, not because they feel the most authentic, but it's the only thing they know how to do. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that they've um, been told they should do. Right, right. Don't shud yourself. Don't shud on yourself. Um, I do want to take a step back because I realize I have a question because you were talking about other ways to touch a penis that aren't just stroking. Can you Uh talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. So I am blanking on the sex educator who, who introduced me to this concept. Their name is Jamie something, and I cannot remember their last name, but Jamie out there, if you hear me, I'm attributing this to you, (laughs) uh, who talked about bobbing and swirling, which is what we typically think of. Bobbing, we typically think of as a a penis. That's kind of what we do with a penis, stroking, bobbing, this kind of up and down motion Mm -hmm. versus what we typically think of with a vulva is more of a like swirling motion, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's more... um, trying to think how to describe it it's a broader area that we focus on it tends to use a lot more tongue it tends to kind of go around in a circle and but you can switch those right you can bob on a vulva Mm -hmm. and a clitoris and you can swirl on a penis is that making sense yeah Yeah, so it does if you're going to swirl on a penis is that using your mouth or is that still using your hand or is it both It could be anything. So this example was specifically talking about oral sex. Mm -hmm, So if mm -hmm. you're going to swirl on a penis, whether it's an erect penis or not, right? We Mm -hmm. don't have to play with just erect penises. I don't mind a flaccid penis, to be honest. It's fun. Yeah, they're great. (laughs) It can Uh, be a little silly. (laughs) Yeah. So if we're going to swirl on a, a penis, I think every person has to kind of feel out what that means 
for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But instead, uh, I think the important thing is instead of doing the traditional bobbing motion, try some different things. Maybe focus on the shaft more than you do on the head of the penis. Mm-hmm. Maybe involve the the balls a little bit more. And if we're talking about using your hands, we instead of maybe a up and down motion, maybe it's a more cupping motion. Maybe it is typically I'm like making motions with my hands like you can see me and I'm like, no, you can't <laughs> see me on here. Um, a more cupping motion with it or again, playing with the shaft a little bit more, um, but going slow and you can even do. So I, I like to think of this like the eye doctor. You go to the eye doctor and they're fit, fitting you for glasses and like A or B, mm-hmm. B or C, yes, C or A. <laughs> it's kind of that. Okay. This or that, Mm -hmm. this or that. And that can be a fun game with a partner to be like, what is this sensation like? What is this one like? Do you like this? Do you like this more than that? In this very experimental place. I really like that. Like in general, that game I feel like is really fun for any type of exploratory Mm -hmm. play because for me, I, I do like structure Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that gives a little bit of structure to something that is, you know, fluid and curious. Mm -hmm. I just need, I need my safety net a little bit. Mother's Day is around the corner and whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower, and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days, and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com. Malibu.com and use code D-E-W-M-E for 10% off. And it sounds like structure and this or that could also be good for when you're in the bedroom and you're like met with those internal challenges of like should or shouldn't. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I'm trying to go back to the energy that you're saying, like feminine or masculine and switching those in the bedroom and feeling like, oh, but I shouldn't play with that, but I want to. So like, how do we start approaching that like anxiety that can come up of like, I really want to explore, but I'm ashamed to. Um, and I don't know, I guess that kind of reminded me of like, that could be a solution where it's like, okay, but we could do this or that. Like, how does this feel for you? And just different ways to approach, like trying to explore, but feeling a little scared too. Good question. Can you say a little bit more about what you mean by that anxiety? Yeah. So like in your example of masculine versus feminine, I'm thinking of like a male and female just for a very straightforward example. Like maybe the male wants to try being more submissive, but he's scared to ask to be dominated in the bedroom and Mm -hmm. doesn't know how to ask and feels the anxiety of like, this isn't the role that I'm supposed to be playing. I shouldn't be asking for this, but I really want to. And so in my head, I'm like, if you're in the bedroom by yourself and you want to try something, and this is me having explored for a year, I'm like, but I I just will. I'll want to explore. I'll ask for that. But if you have anxiety about asking for that, how mm-hmm. do we approach that? Well, first, I think if someone is listening to this podcast, sharing it with a partner mm-hmm. is a really great way to introduce that conversation. So whether it's this podcast or something else that somebody has listened to or read that relates to something that they're curious about, that can be a really great low pressure way to introduce this concept Mm -hmm. or something that they want to explore. Let's listen to this thing together, or I listened to this thing and it got me thinking X, Y, Z. 
I like to always start with, with I, right? Mm -hmm. What, Hey, I heard this thing or I read this thing and I am curious about exploring this with you. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And opening up for dialogue. Typically I recommend if you're going to talk to a partner about sex or something that feels really vulnerable like this, don't do it naked. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. That's a really good suggestion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So don't just generally naked, but don't do it right before sex, right after sex. Have it be a neutral time, right? Mm. This is a good date conversation. Yes. This is a good sexting conversation too. Oh, yeah. Sexting, I find, is an awesome way to introduce new fantasies for a yeah. couple of reasons. It's a little bit less pressure because you're not face to face with somebody trying to figure out your words. Mm -hmm. You have more time to compose your thoughts and it's fun. It mm -hmm. builds anticipation. It gets that energy going, but you can compose a fantasy and say, hey, I was thinking the other day that about you doing this to me and your example, right? Uh, a man who wants to be dominated Hey, I was thinking the other day about you bending me over the bed and using a, a paddle on me mm -hmm. that and that like really got me going. And I got off to that this morning. Mm -hmm. That's a fun way to introduce it. And it, it allows <laughs> the other person to then engage with that fantasy in a playful way, mm -hmm. but not in a way that is assuming they're going to do it mm -hmm. imminently if they don't want to, right? But it introduces right. the idea. And then do you kind of build up from there, like with the more risque things? Like I think we've talked to Susan um, Bratton and she likes to use strap-ons with her female partners. And mm -hmm. if that's something that interests you, like, how do you start testing the waters of like, and then I'll put a strap on and go in you, <laughs> you know? So yeah. you just kind of have to like feel just A to B real fast yeah, I know. from paddle to strap on. Like, how do we get from A to B? That, oh, that maybe is the best question I've ever been asked. How do we get from paddle to strap on? Uh, I would say, yes, that's a natural escalation in <laughs> sexting if you want to do that. Uh -huh. um, another thing that I might recommend is as you are kind of building this fantasy, part of sexting to me is kind of doing this yes, no, maybe list in real time, mm -hmm. right? If you say, hey, I want you to bend me over the bed and spank me and the other person is a yes to that and your escalation to that is... I want you to I'm trying to think of a good example. I want you to do some butt stuff with me with a strap on. Mm -hmm. And that person says, that sounds really sexy. I imagine using my finger and doing this to you because it's that negotiation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the moment is helpful in yeah. the moment, yeah. which is helpful and is still playful. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I love is going to a good sex toy store together. Mm -hmm. It can be a really fun thing just to walk around and look at the different toys and share yeah. fantasies in the moment or even, hey, this looks kind of hot. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you don't have text receipts if you're ever scared of <laughs> them showing other people. It's just in live time. <laughs> Yes. I, yes, I'm, that is also true. Yes, I've definitely sexed around other people and like had them help me. So if I've oh, ever yeah, sexed sure. with you and you're listening, other people I've seen. Other people have also sexed with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a collaborative effort. 100% the truth. It's yeah. a community effort. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to your question of like impact play to, to strap on, another piece of this Hopefully you have a partner who is really open-minded and kind and curious and wants to explore this with you. Mm -hmm. But if you do happen to be dating someone or have a partner who is very close to this or says something that just reinforces your vulnerabilities about it, there's a lot of your own work in there to realize that this is not a shameful thing. And if your partner is not into it, that's fine. And, you know, we don't want to yuck anybody else's yum or violate consent in any way. 
And if they're reacting to you like there is something wrong with you asking, that's just not true. And there's a lot of internal work of breaking down. Like, this is the message that I'm getting, maybe from the world that I'm vulnerable vulnerable about from my partner. And my work is saying, this isn't in line with my value system. I don't think it's true. There is nothing wrong or embarrassing or emasculating about asking for these particular things. And if a partner reacts in that way, that is their problem mm-hmm. and that is their work. Yeah, I. that's really important. And I feel like that's actually something we don't touch on a mm-hmm. lot is if a partner shames you for asking something. And I think I am like have a lot of privilege because my partner is so open mm-hmm. and so like willing to try and talk and all of that. And so I feel like in a lot of episodes, we come from that perspective, or at least I come from that perspective of like, oh yeah, I could ask anything. Mm-hmm. And I know that he would never shame me or make me feel like I did anything wrong for asking, but not everyone comes from that perspective. So if, yeah. you know, in that moment, like obviously you want to work towards that understanding of like, there's nothing wrong with me asking, but if, you know, in that moment you get denied or shamed, what is something that you can do to work through that and kind of care for yourself? Well, I'm a big Brene Brown. I so I'm gonna really pretty much just quote her <laughs> and say. So when shame comes up, we know that it likes to live in the dark. It likes to be internal, and it likes to make us feel like there's something wrong with us, and that we are not worthy of connecting to other people. So speaking it out loud is a really powerful thing. So hopefully people listening to this have at least one person in their life who is affirming of them Mm -hmm. and who is sex positive and open-minded that they can talk to and say, hey, this was really hard to be reacted to in this way and it brought this stuff up for me and I'm spinning out a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that person, which we don't all, a therapist, I love, you know, I'm a therapist, recommend therapists for everybody. Mm-hmm. Finding a good sex positive therapist can be really helpful with that. Absolutely. If that is not a possibility, there are a lot of online communities for people who are sex positive, who are exploring things where you can, even if you don't post, you can go read other people's stories. Mm-hmm. Journaling is a really powerful way to get that just out of your head and Mm -hmm. onto paper. And usually if we're able to journal about it, we start seeing, oh, like the stuff that's spinning in my head is not in line with what I actually believe or my value system. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just need to get those feelings out Mm -hmm. somewhere. So let's say don't shove it down, talk to somebody, journal about it, scream in your car, whatever Mm -hmm. you need to do. Um, reality testing those beliefs. So I've already said a couple things about this is not in line with my values. Mm-hmm. We, a lot of shame is not our own. It's societal shame. It's what shame that we have been taught that we have internalized. Mm-hmm. And by starting to de-gender sex roles, how we show up in sex, you're creating enough of a space there to notice when that shame is not yours. Mm -hmm. So you're able to combat it that way by saying, okay, I'm feeling this feeling, but it's not actually in line with what I really believe. And then basic Mm self-care, right? When we're experiencing shame, we just want to contract. And sometimes it just feels good to lay under a blanket with our dog and watch Mm -hmm. our favorite Netflix show Mm -hmm. for a minute Mm -hmm. and just let ourselves feel that feeling for a little while, Mm -hmm. not forever, Mm -hmm. but to give it the space, give it the space Mm -hmm. and then intentionally choose to do something else that feels more expanding to you. So if shame is contracting, whatever makes you feel like you're a little bit more expanded, talking to a friend, um, moving your body, going dancing, whatever it is that is going to help you feel a little bit more like yourself. Mm -hmm. That one line that you just said about like, I'm feeling this way, but it's not actually in line with how I think that I feel like that's such a great 
mental shift that you can apply to so many things in your life. Absolutely. No matter where you're feeling shamed or judged or what have you. Um, that's good. I'm going to keep that one right here. <laughs> <laughs> take like, that one home with take me. Take that one to the bank, I think, and cash it in. <laughs> so I want to jump back a little bit more to finding pleasure in our bodies through a bunch of different ways. So how can we start exploring finding pleasure in our bodies when maybe we want to change them down the road mm -hmm. or we're not happy with how we appear or how we just are living in our body? Like how do we still find pleasure and happiness? This is such a good question. And again, I think this applies to so many people, mm -hmm. cisgender and transgender alike. Mm -hmm. I really like the concept of body neutrality. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot about body positivity um, and that's great and lovely. And it has been co-opted in ways that I don't know are, are always helpful. Yes. So when we're talking about body neutrality, we're talking about the idea that we're probably not going to wake up every single day of our lives and love every single part of our body. And we are not a failure if we wake up and we don't love every single part of our body. Mm -hmm. So when we are experiencing, in the case of my clients, some sort of gender dysphoria or genital dysphoria or mm -hmm. chest dysphoria that is getting in the way of being able to experience pleasure, I like to broaden the idea of experiencing pleasure away from just those parts into a whole system. So how can we find pleasure in what our bodies can do for us? Instead of needing to love how they look, body neutrality says, how can I show gratitude that my body can dance and jump and breathe and does all of these things that keep me alive, that make me feel good, that's a really great place to start. Yeah. And then when it comes to specifically pleasure in our bodies and sex, I like to think about pleasure more holistically. Like I said, how can we experience more pleasure in our skin instead of just focusing on these areas that we typically think of as erogenous zones. Mm -hmm. Even if you're having a day where you don't feel good in your body, believing that you still deserve to have pleasure in it and doing things that intentionally focus on that. Mm -hmm. So I like uh, an exercise that I do with people is a, I call it a, a pleasure bath. It's worse for a shower too. It doesn't really matter, but you're naked already. So I, I like that fact. Uh, <laughs> it's a great start. Amen. <laughs> it's a great start. And I recommend coconut oil just because most people have it in your kitchen. It's mm -hmm. easily accessible. It's also an oil that is not going to, to cause infection if you do get it in and around your bits. Mm -hmm. So in a shower, you can just melt it in your hand in the bath. You can just put it in, in the bath. And it provides this really nice texture for exploring pleasure with your skin. And I tell people to focus on three things. First of all, go very slow. Try to really tap into all five of your senses. And when you're touching your body, focus on temperature. So are there areas of your body that are warmer or cooler than others? How can you experience that range? Pressure. If I touch myself really lightly, just a super kind of feathery touch. How does that feel compared to say massaging with a lot more pressure and texture? Does my elbow texture feel different than the texture on my hand? How can you start just tapping into your five senses in new ways? Um, and when it comes to moving that to the the bedroom, I would go back to what we talked about earlier, which is exploring ways that you might be able to touch your body that are unexpected. And you can use that frame that I just talked about, temperature, pressure, and texture to do that in a really mindful way. What you're describing is anxiety. We call it spectatoring in the sex therapy world where you get super stuck in your head, which immediately pulls you out of your body. So one quick way back in is to focus back on those five senses. People also put a lot 
more attention on their partner than is necessary. Mm. So we tend to get stuck in our head about, is my partner having a good time? Um, are they experiencing pleasure? And also, how do they think about us? It, what is my partner thinking about my body? I'm having a hard body day where I don't like my belly or my chest or my genitals don't feel good. And I'm then thinking about what is my partner thinking about me, mm -hmm. which also takes you out of the moment. So I recommend a 50-50 split of attention if you can. So 50% on your partner, specifically on their pleasure, but 50% on your own pleasure. I think we've all been in a situation where you can tell if someone is giving you pleasure and they are enjoying giving you pleasure, it's a great feedback loop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you are into the way you are touching someone else and giving them pleasure, that is a, a beautiful way to get that energy flowing and to get out of your head. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever heard an answer better than that. Awesome. <laughs> that was so useful. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's yes. answers that I feel like we haven't gotten when we're just trying to find pleasure. And it literally could have nothing to do with your genitals. Mm -hmm. And it's all about focusing back on you. And it, mm -hmm. I laughed a little when you said the coconut oil, because I only have coconut spray in a can. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like thinking how I could use that. <laughs> It's like, have my roommate spray me down before I go. <laughs> I'm getting ready. Yeah, or just spray it on like the top of the bath like, and then hop in. But um, Let me know how that goes. Yeah. But maybe I'll, maybe I'll invest in a jar, you know. There you go. <laughs> what came up for me too when you were talking about that was like, you know, if you know your partner is struggling with certain areas of their body, is mm -hmm. experiencing dysphoria, like what if you just took their arm and were like, how can I bring them pleasure just by touching their arm? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like maybe you're not going to have them orgasm and maybe that's not the goal, but it's like, how can I bring them pleasure just from this like one body part that I know that they do feel really comfortable with right mm -hmm. now and isn't going mm -hmm. to um, trigger any of that uh, dysphoria or, mm -hmm. you know, negative feelings. Right. Yeah. Um, can I ask, I'm going to ask a dumb question maybe. Okay. So if you're feeling like body dysphoria, is it helpful to have a partner admire the parts that you don't feel like you're connected to, or do, is that more harmful? It's a big, it depends. Mm -hmm. So for some people, maybe that would feel really good mm -hmm. for other people and I'm thinking cis and trans folks, mm -hmm. if, for example, you're not loving how your thighs look that day, mm -hmm. it might get you more in, in your head about your thighs if right, your partner right. is admiring them. But for other folks, maybe thigh worship is exactly what they need. Mm -hmm. For the trans folks that I work with, typically I don't think it's helpful if they're experiencing dysphoria around their chest or their genitals right. to put more focus on them mm -hmm. that... I think kind of does the opposite of, of what we're going for, mm -hmm. but it, it's a personal thing and it's a good question to ask somebody. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in that case, then if somebody is experiencing chest or genital dysphoria, would that be, obviously you would ask them specifically, but maybe avoiding those spots altogether or, and I mean, yeah. Yeah, specifically chest dysphoria is what I'm thinking of. Is that, would that be the solution then? Like avoiding that area or just asking them how they want to be touched in that area, if at all? I think the second option mm -hmm. is asking them, how do you want to be touched? Do you want to be touched in this area? Mm -hmm. And that answer may vary day to day. Mm -hmm. So one day it may be, hey, I just want you to stay away from my chest completely. Let's not go there. Mm -hmm. Another day it might be, I want you to hold me down on my chest and that feels really good, but I don't want you to interact with my chest tissue in this particular way. Okay. Or I, I maybe want you to interact with my nipples, but not this other area. Mm -hmm. Or there are particular ways that I want to be touched, massaged, etc. I felt kind of stupid asking the question, but I'm actually glad that I did. And I really appreciate your answer because I'm also thinking of it in the context of like, 
you know, when we know a partner is uncomfortable with a certain area of their body, I think in my head, I'm like, oh, I'll just avoid it because I don't want to trigger them in any way. But that can also Mm -hmm. be really harmful. Like, you know, if my partner knows that I'm not super comfortable with my belly and then they're just like, okay, then I just won't go anywhere near it. It's like, oh, but that makes me feel bad about it. You don't like it either. You don't want to touch it. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. So I really Mm -hmm. appreciate your answer on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a concept that we talk about in sex therapy because partners do that. And they're so well-intentioned. Yes. So well-intentioned of just wanting to be affirming and not do anything that would make their partner feel any sort of way. Mm -hmm. But what it does is it kind of enables avoidance. Mm -hmm. And so working, if someone is say experiencing some sort of bad feelings about their, their belly and how that looks like, avoiding it altogether, like you're saying, reinforces we cannot engage with this. Mm -hmm. And it is a lot more helpful to talk to your partner about, is there some range in this? Is there a way that I can engage with your belly that would feel good for you today? Like, Can we build up to engaging with it more if that is something that they're open to? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it becomes a collaborative team effort of how can we help you feel good in your body. Well, it's actually being their partner. It's like mm-hmm. being with them. And that takes all of that. Yeah. And that takes a lot of work that maybe people don't know how to do or mm-hmm. don't have don't think that they have the time to do it. Or are nervous to do. Because mm-hmm. if somebody yeah. is uncomfortable with something, it can be hard to even bring it up because yeah. you don't want to cause those negative feelings in your mm-hmm. partner or offend mm-hmm. them, hurt them. So right. it can be complicated. It can be complicated. Yes. <laughs> And Imagine so, sex being complicated. Imagine <laughs> a world where it's complex. Mm-mm, not mine. <laughs> Just kidding. You also mentioned um, feeling bad about wanting to change your body and kind of those feelings that can come up. Um, like, let's say, you know, I don't like my stomach, but I feel bad about wanting to change it because I'm working towards like body neutrality or something. So how do we kind of work through that feeling that comes up of like, oh, shaming myself for wanting to change something? Mm, That's a really good question and a complex one. So to me, this is about, we call in psychology a dialectic, holding two truths, which is we can accept our body as is and show love to it actively and also have the autonomy to want to change it and to change it. Um, So I am a very big believer in bodily autonomy. We have one body in this world. We get one life in it. It might as well reflect the most authentic version of us that is possible. Mm -hmm. And we know that people have limitations. People's bodies are really diverse. um, And people have gender dysphoria and body dysphoria and do want to change things about their body. I think that people can do that and have the bodily autonomy to choose to change something about their body without hating their body and without Mm -hmm. hating themselves. Mm -hmm. And that is where I think the difference is. Mm -hmm. We are not changing our body because we feel there is something wrong with us. We are less than, we are not, quote unquote, a real woman or a real man mm-hmm. uh, because of a certain body part. When we are changing our body simply because it is something that feels like self-growth, that feels more in line with how we want to exist in the world, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that because I feel like it can get really tricky, like, I'm thinking specifically of like breast implants. Like I've had friends Mm -hmm. that have very strong opinions about like not changing your body for those, for like a cosmetic reason. But I'm like, but if it'll make me feel really good, why should I feel shitty that I would want them if I came upon $10,000, you know? (laughs) Like why should I feel shitty just because like on the outside, I want to feel a little bit better. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so I love hearing that if you're doing it out of this kind of like this space of love in a way still, or, mm-hmm. you know, like it should be, you should, I know you shouldn't, you should, but <laughs> you should be able to do whatever you want. That, that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. It's another, yeah. op- an opportunity to choose 
pleasure just mm-hmm. in a different way. Yes. So it's that this or that and choosing which one genuinely makes you feel good and helps you to feel pleasure. And nobody else can know that. And like you were saying, you know, we have this one body and this one life and we are the only person that mm-hmm. lives it. Like I am exactly. the only person mm-hmm. who will ever live in my body. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, then I should do exactly what I fucking want to do with it. Yeah. And it's exactly. back to what you said earlier about like that opinion actually doesn't really align with how I think and feel. So like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to adapt that shame and judgment about that. So mm-hmm. I am going to get them. Thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's know, decided. so it's decided. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just so good to reiterate that and hear it as many times as we can about like, if you want to, you should, you should, if that mm-hmm. would make you feel amazing. Um, cause I don't think we hear that enough too. Um, do you feel like there's anything else that we should really touch on within this topic or anything that you feel like we need to bring up in this conversation? One of the things that I really like to talk about is that my work around gender is not just for transgender and non-binary folks. I really and truly believe that gender freedom impacts everybody. There are research studies that show that we are gendered literally from before we were born. If you tell somebody that a baby in a womb is a male or a female, they will talk to that baby differently. I was just introduced to a research study where 10-month-old babies, tiny, tiny babies, were put in, you can imagine, basically like a dog obstacle course, you know, where they have the little slant, slanted little um, like things at the dog Agility door. course. <laughs> yeah, it's like an agility course for babies. Um, so they, they put the babies in there and they asked the, the parents, how, um, how much of a slope do you think your baby will, will want to go down up from like a really steep slope to like a, a more um, kind of casual slope, mm-hmm. I guess? And how fast do you think your baby will crawl over the slope? And consistently, the parents who had girls underestimated how fast they would go and underestimated how much risk they would take. So gender is something that is a huge influence on all of us, regardless of how we personally identify. And so by breaking down how gender has impacted us as a society and personally, and being able to consciously choose how we want to express our gender to the world, not only in how we look, but how we show up, the energies that we bring, the careers that we choose, the things that we care about, divisions of labor, that impacts everybody for the better. And when everyone is walking around as their most authentic, lit up self, the world is better for all of us. And we're really doing everybody a disservice by not encouraging and celebrating gender exploration as an important part of self-growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, labels can be so limiting if they are not like chosen out of that same sort of pleasure and mm-hmm. that's what feels good to me. Like mm-hmm. they really can be so limiting if it's, you know, you are this because you should be this or Mm -hmm. because you have this part. So therefore you are this. And that comes with all of these other labels Mm -hmm. that then you should do. And you have to unpack all of that. It's so complicated. So complicated. And I just don't think Mm -hmm. enough of us focus on gender (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. our identification with it. Cause it, it obviously it's scary and you know, I feel like people are scared of saying the wrong thing in public or what have you, but it's like, it's not always about that. It's about looking at yourself too. It's about understanding Mm -hmm. how you're impacted as it, even if you're a cisgendered person, it's like, but you're impacted by it and you Mm -hmm. need to understand how that affects you and everyone else around you as well. It's, it doesn't have to be this untouchable topic because it's, it is you mm-hmm. <laughs> or it, whatever. So it's existing. It's existing. <laughs> so it's just a really good topic. So thank you for also touching on that as well. Been my pleasure. <laughs> Where can our listeners continue to connect with you after this episode? 
So you can find me at genderfuck.club. That's genderfck.club. And I'm at Practical Audacity on Instagram and Facebook. Find me there. My mailing list is on the website. I really encourage you to sign up for that. That is the most consistent way that you can keep up to date and hear okay. about all the great things happening. Um, but I'd love to connect with people on any of those platforms. I was going to make another bathroom joke, but I can't think of it. Ugh. I'll just let that one keep going. <laughs> flush that one down. Flush that one down, but I won't flush down my appreciation for Ray mm-hmm. for being on the episode today. I couldn't. It wouldn't fit. It, it's too big. It's too big. Of, I don't want to say a, a duty. <laughs> it, was it was meant to be a compliment, um, but I realize mixing shit and compliments <laughs> doesn't always come out the way you want it to. Much like your shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Thank you, Ray, from the bottom of our hearts for being on the episode today. And thank you to our listeners for sticking around. If this episode also went to the bottom of your heart. (laughs) Through your heart to the toilet in a good way. In a good way. Go ahead and share it with somebody else that you think could benefit from it, who Mm -hmm. could open up their sexual repertoire and take on the world. Bye, the horns. Bye. Oh. I'm tired. You just like, sh- like eh, to me. That's the you best know. I got. Um, and if you want to give me something else, um, <laughs> just gas. No, uh, I won't be there. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. Leaving a written review helps us so much, helps mm-hmm. us get into the ear holes of all the others that need to be hearing this. If mm-hmm. this is going to be the episode that gets you to leave a review, I have no idea. A sparkle. Leave a sparkle Aww. because... Ray, Ray is, is sparkly. so sparkly. Don't leave a poop. If Don't leave, leave a, poop, a poop. We'll be upset. <laughs> and we'll assume that's about a different episode. Yeah. Yeah. Leave a sparkle, please. Yeah. Okay. Um, bye. We'll bye. see you next week. Yeah. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.